Hello, my friend. If you're a pastor, this podcast is for you. This is episode 12 of Shepherdology. I'm Dean Taylor, and Shepherdology is for pastors. I'm going to uh, skip right over our intro music this time because I want to allow as much time as possible for our special guest. A few episodes ago, on episodes 7, 8, and 9, we talked about a healthy pastor. And I kept promising you that I was going to have a friend of mine who is a medical doctor to join us for an episode, and it took me a little while, but um, he's here today, and I'm very thankful to be able to interview him and have some things to share with you that I think will be very, very helpful. We talked about pastoral health, and pastoral health is stewardship of your body and cultivation of your inner man in order to most effectively fulfill your calling to shepherd the flock of God. A healthy pastor is physically well and has a thriving soul. And if you'd like to hear more about that and how I arrived at that definition, you can go back to episode 7 and listen to that. But part of of being healthy is being physically well. And I've asked my friend, uh, Dr. Palagumi, to join us here on Shepherdology, and I do think it's important to listen to knowledgeable people in areas like this. Dr. Sim Palagumi is a member of my church, and uh, several years ago, he moved here from India and did his graduate work at the University of Iowa, and that's where he met his wife, Christina, and uh, Dr. Sim and Christina are friends of my wife and I. And Dr. Sim was saved through Christina's influence, and he now practices medicine in Des Moines, Iowa, and his areas of specialty include internal medicine and executive health, and he also stays in good physical shape himself. So, Dr. Sim, thank you very much for speaking to my pastor friends here on Shepherdology. Dr. Dean, thank you for having me. It's a privilege to be used of the Lord in this way. I'm thankful to have this opportunity to talk. All right. I've got a few questions that I'm going to ask Dr. Sim, and I think these will be helpful for you to hear. So uh, just settle in and and enjoy hearing from uh, Dr. Sim. So Dr. Sim, what are some basic practices a pastor should follow in order to stay physically healthy? Great question. Uh, I think it's important. Uh, The first thing I think is sleep. Uh, A lot of us are sleep-deprived a lot. Uh, An average adult should have about seven hours of sleep a night. Uh, I think it's very important that we all try to uh, get that much. Uh, Uninterrupted sleep is better. Uh, So anything you can do to uh, have a restful and uninterrupted sleep. Secondly, uh, exercise. I think uh, we all uh, can do better. I I struggle with finding time to exercise. Uh, It's very important to have some regular exercise uh, built into your week. Uh, About three to four times a week uh, is a good rule of thumb, Uh, about 20 to 30 minutes, maybe longer if you can, a mixture of both aerobic and and, um, also weights uh, would be great. And really eating healthy uh, and hydrating well, I think that's a key part of uh, a ministry as a pastor, but even as uh, a person that we uh, eat a healthy diet, uh, rich in different nutrients and uh, meats and everything else, as well as hydrating well with water. Hydration plays a major role in one's health. Taking time off, I think it's important to uh, take short and also uh, longer times off in your uh, work as a pastor. 
Uh, I think all of those things are uh, very key to uh, maintaining a good, uh, healthy lifestyle and physical health. Wow, we could spend a lot of time talking about each one of those areas. Uh, Dr. Sin, let me, let me circle back for a second because you mentioned the importance of sleep. And um, falling asleep can be a challenge sometimes. And I know for pastors, we have a lot of uh, people's concerns on our minds and maybe sometimes even conflicts or uh, pressure points in the church on our minds. And we lay down to go to bed and, and uh, we, we see those people and we, f- we feel the pressure of those problems. Or also uh, maybe we like to escape with a little bit of uh, Netflix or scrolling through social media. Um, what, what do we need to do so that when we, when we go to bed, we can fall asleep and get that rest that we need? Great question. Very important to first maintain a regular sleep pattern. Uh, going to bed on time, uh, try to keep it the same time every night, and also trying to wake up at the same time um, in the morning. I know it's not always practical to do that, but if you can keep it within hours time of your usual sleep routine, let's say 10, 10.30, 11 o'clock, uh, and then um, we, I, I try to strive for seven hours, uh, so um, 5, 5.30 or so. Uh, it's very important to unplug. I think it's important that uh, all of us avoid too much technology close to bedtime, um, communication on emails. Uh, it would be better if you can do it earlier in the day or in the evening. Uh, unplug from uh, your phones and laptops in bed, uh, as well as not watching TV in bed. I think that those are all very important things. The other thing uh, that I really uh, hone in on my patients is that they uh, maintain a good exercise. Uh, several hours before bedtime, typically, if they can involve in some sort of a physical exercise. A lot of folks uh, find it uh, useful to shower at bedtime. Uh, for some of some of you guys, it might not be um, because you get stimulated by showering, but it does help a lot of people to sh- have a nice warm shower. Uh, don't go to bed uh, hungry. Make sure you have a uh, snack before bedtime. Uh, don't drink a lot of water, so you have to get up too many times uh, to use the restroom. So those are some of the key things. And if you have trouble sleeping, just an over-the-counter medication like melatonin, maybe a low dose, uh, something that does not hang uh, in the morning when you wake up. Uh, those are a few key things. And really um, knowing your limitations uh, as a person, as a pastor, that uh, there's only so much you can do as a person and as a pastor and really giving it to the Lord and maybe relegating uh, duties to other folks that are trustworthy in your church. Uh, those also would maybe help you sleep and kind of wind down towards uh, towards the night. Wow, that's really good. Thank you for those uh, helpful suggestions there for falling asleep. The work of a pastor can be pretty sedentary. We sit at a desk for long hours studying. We're driving around a lot. What should a pastor do to make sure that he stays physically active? Great question. Uh, Very important to take a lot of breaks during the day. Uh, I do propose if uh, your job involves quite a bit of sitting, which it does, to have an adjustable desk so you can stand up uh, at times and work on your computer, uh, do your reading when you're walking uh, can help. Um, other things you could do is taking breaks uh, middle of the morning, uh, going for a 10-15 minute walk in your gymnasium, in your church, or maybe outside of the weather permits, just kind of unplugging. Uh, praying at that time helps, um, as well as uh, 
just trying to take a nap. I mean, really, if you have time uh, in the afternoon, if it doesn't affect your sleep at night, uh, taking a nap would be good. Just to kind of stretch out, constant stretching, if you can um, do some constant stretching so you're not sedentary. On on visitations, so if you're visiting folks at the hospital or going to their home, if there's a way you can take stairs, take stairs. If your health loves you, if your body loves you, take stairs. Uh, go to go to people's homes. Try to walk if it's a short distance instead of driving a car. Um, I think those are some of the key things you can do to stay healthy during during a work day. Dr. Sim, what's a reasonable um, uh, exercise routine? So, like, how many days a week? Uh, you know, half hour, hour, you mentioned aerobic, so walking, cycling, jogging. Again, just can you give us an idea of, of a reasonable routine for a man who, you know, has a full-time job, has a family at home, um, even in the winter time uh, when days are short and all of that. So maybe just give us a little bit of guidance on that if you would. Usual um, adult, uh, an average adult should try to exercise at least three to four times a week, uh, 30 to 45 minutes each time. The, the key is to get your heart rate up uh, for healthy cardiac benefits uh, and also uh, to get that uh, body conditioning. Uh, I, I propose uh, if, if the body loves doing some sort of an aerobic activity such as biking or running, jogging, or even brisk walking, uh, playing basketball with uh, some younger members of your church, uh, trying to push yourself. Weights, I uh, don't have to have a full weight room, but just having uh, just a few weights, kettlebells, that you can try to uh, maintain some muscle mass that way, uh, try not to lose shape. Uh, other things you could do is just push-ups and pull-ups if, you, if your body allows you to do that. For cardiovascular benefits, definitely you want to try to get that uh, aerobic in three to four times a week. If you can do more, great. Uh, the key is to get it on the calendar. A lot of times we say, yeah, we'll work out, but at the same time, think stuff comes up. So if you can get it on the calendar, setting a set of time, like anything in your in your daily routine, I think there's a higher likelihood you will actually follow through and finish the uh, protocol of exercising. So I would encourage that. That's great. Uh, Dr. Sim, does fishing count as an upper body workout? I think it does if you take long walks to go to the to the river or uh, to the lake. Uh, but definitely, fishing is a good exercise. It uh, helps your joints, your shoulders, um, and then you're there standing. So yes, absolutely. Well, that's uh, I like that answer. That's pretty good. So there you go. And uh, tennis is probably a pretty good one too. We've enjoyed some tennis together, and uh, along with our wives as well. All right. So let's talk about diet. We've been talking about exercise, sleep, then exercise. Let's talk about diet. What are some basics of a healthy diet? Great question. Uh, There are so many fads and facts of uh, dieting. Uh, I'm not a big proponent of uh, avoiding certain food groups. Uh, I I, I believe, and I think there's research that shows uh, if your body is not allergic to certain foods or if you cannot have them for medical reasons, it's different. But I think consuming uh, the carbs, uh, good fats, and also the proteins in the right right uh, ratio is important. Uh, typical ratio, you know, uh, is 20 to 30 percent of carbs, um, about 40 to 50 percent of protein, and uh, about 30 percent of good fats. Uh, I think uh, it's it's important to not avoid food groups unless, like I mentioned before, uh, it, it, you cannot have it for 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 medical reason, allergy reasons. 
but also it's important to mix uh, different food groups. Uh, I, I try to propose more uh, white, leaner meats. Um, uh, a good steak is awesome, but uh, try to avoid a lot of red meat. Uh, but also uh, eating good vegetables, high-fiber foods, uh, as well as uh, good fruits, uh, fruits that are in season. I think it's very important to have the fruits that are in season and they uh, have a lot of nutritional value. So I know for men, depending on age or stage of life, there are different bad habits we get into with what we eat, when we eat. What do we tend to do that isn't healthy? And can you make any suggestions for how to discipline ourselves to have a more healthy diet? Good question. Uh, it's important to, one, eat three meals a day. Uh, I think breakfast is the biggest meal or, or the most important meal of the day as you get started with your day. It's important to have a healthy snack uh, in the middle of the morning and the middle of the afternoon and even a bedtime snack, uh, a healthy snack. Uh, I'm not talking about donuts and bagels here, but uh, nuts, if you can have nuts, uh, string cheese or uh, a small yogurt, uh, any of those things would be good. I think it's important to eat several small meals a day instead of uh, loading up uh, in a one meal. I think that actually does quite the opposite of uh, eating healthy. It's important to not uh, have a uh, big supper. Um, I would say uh, eat light uh, during supper because you're not being very active uh, at night, so you want to uh, have a fairly good-sized breakfast and lunch. And I think a healthy snacking is a key part. Uh, and don't forget hydration. I think uh, we really need to hydrate. For an average adult, uh, anywhere between 60 to 75 ounces based on, you know, if, you, if, if you're sweating with exercising, you need more. I would say that uh, for some of us, again, especially as we, you know, move along through the stages of life, we tend to add on some weight. If, if uh, a man realizes, or maybe even his doctor tells him, um, you know, you're overweight. You really need to lose a good bit of weight. You mentioned fad diets and um, and eliminating certain food groups. I assume you're talking about things like carbs. So what what can that man do that says, you know what, I need to lose 25 pounds or something like that? So, so how does he go about doing that? It's a great question. Uh, it's a fairly long answer for that. I'll keep it short. I think it's important to... Um, have an average adult needs about 18 to 2,000 calories per day. So if you're really trying to lose weight because your doctor said so or you want to uh, get to a healthy weight, uh, it's important to maintain that caloric intake in the 1,800 or even slightly less than just making sure that the doctor is uh, knows that you're going through this uh, change of dieting. Uh, but also eating the right combination of foods and the and the, and the amount of food. Uh, actually, the portion sizes is a big problem for a lot of people. It's important to keep it small. Uh, like I said before, uh, smaller portions uh, of foods is important. Great. All right. And it takes some discipline just to to keep it up, stay at it, and uh, to to break those habits and establish good ones. So great. All right. Thank you, Dr. Sim. Well, uh, for, again, for some of us as pastors, we, we like our coffee and uh, gets us jump-started in the morning and maybe uh, gives us that little bit of uh, energy through the morning and then the afternoon sleepies hit, and so maybe we grab a Mountain Dew or a Coke or something like that. Um, some, some of us really like coffee, so please don't tell us we can't drink coffee 
But what is a reasonable amount of caffeine to have in our daily intake? Research actually showed uh, caffeine is good for you if you have the right amount. We have to be careful on what type of caffeine you're consuming. Um, black coffee is great. Uh, I would I'd be okay if you added uh, some cream, uh, low-fat cream to it. Uh, a small teaspoon of sugar is fine. I think we get into problem when we do the mixed, like the drinks, such as uh, mochas and the macchiatos, and which are laden with calories. Very important to avoid those uh, different coffee drinks that have high calories. Uh, pop or soda definitely is not uh, the first choice of caffeine. Um, it should not be. Uh, if you if you decide to have a soda, I would say iced tea would be a good option. Uh, an average adult can have up to four cups of coffee per day. Uh, that is actually uh, that is actually shown to be good health benefits, uh, both from a cardiovascular standpoint and just general health. So I, w- I would say up to four cups of coffee is a good limit. I try to I try to tell my patients not to drink much caffeine or any caffeine after about two o'clock in the afternoon, so they don't have trouble sleeping at night. Uh, that's something to keep in mind. This is more a curiosity question about caffeine, but it, it might relate to some of the, the guys that are listening. It, it seems like some people have a, a greater capacity for caffeine. So like for me, I drink one cup of strong coffee in the morning and maybe sip a little bit later in the morning. If I drink much more than that, I get very jittery and, and I, I joke and I tell people if I have too much coffee, I get mad. Um, so I have to be careful about that. Other people, it seems like they can drink, you know, three pots of coffee in a day and go to bed at night and be fine. So what what's the difference? I think it's the way we, we metabolize caffeine. Uh, some people cannot metabolize and it lingers longer. Uh, I think it's important to realize that you're someone who cannot have more than two cups of coffee. Uh, it does have a different effect on your brain. Uh, caffeine is a stimulant. Uh, some folks who are already uh, at baseline, uh, high, strung or anxious, uh, it does affect them adversely. So if you know what your body is like, I would say limiting caffeine in to one to two cups and not later in the day uh, to avoid problems. All right. Thank you, Dr. Sim. That's very helpful. One thing that goes with the territory of pastoring is stress. Uh, we we are engaged with people and their lives and their struggles and many times crises that happen in, in their individual lives, health issues, family problems, uh, sins, sometimes very complex issues. And I know in my experience, I can really bear that on myself, and it creates a level of stress because you feel like you you have to help these people and you carry the burdens they carry and you multiply that by however many people are in your church and you know churches go through difficult times and and it just increases intensifies that stress level so so how can we maintain uh, mental spiritual and physical health through these times of stress that's a great question i think it's Without doubt, uh, your job is very stressful. Uh, There's a lot of needs of folks in your church. I would say exercise is a a very crucial way to de-stress. When I run, I am doing better with uh, maintaining my stress. Uh, I do do a great job at uh, exercising. When I do that, uh, I, I can see that my stress levels are much lower. 
stress eating can be a problem, so definitely watch uh, the, the eating patterns. And really giving to the Lord, I mean, there's only so much you can do uh, as, 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 a, as a pastor, as a human being, and uh, really knowing that and delegating. Even in a, a secular job, uh, it's good to delegate the tasks to people who are trustworthy and who can do it for you. Uh, I think that, that without saying much, I think it's very important to delegate the tasks you can uh, at your own church. Uh, it's important also to eat a healthy diet. I think, uh, again, I want to stress uh, all the nutrients that you need and for your brain to function uh, effectively. It's important to consume uh, the different food groups we talked about and not avoiding uh, certain foods because if you avoid a lot of carbs, uh, you know you need carbs for a long day work and uh, you will be putting yourself in a state of uh, starvation which uh, might uh, give you more stress hormones and also increase stress levels. It's very important to really uh, consume a good, well-balanced diet. And I think it's important to take breaks, really. I mean, like I said before, uh, short breaks, uh, you know, some, some pastors take sabbaticals. I think it's very important to uh, get away for a month or whatever it is if your church allows. And uh, I think that's very important for you, for you all to do that. And just uh, communicating with your spouse. I think it's very important to have an open relationship and that you uh, really seek uh, help uh, from your helper that God gave you. It's important. I, I, I try to do that in my own life uh, with my wife, uh, kind of talking about uh, things at work, uh, get uh, bounce off some ideas off of uh, my wife. Uh, it does help me relieve the stress. Uh, and just knowing my limitations in situations at work, there's so many things I can do and there's things out of my control. Um, and recognizing that is important. So uh, avoiding caffeine, getting good sleep. Again, that's one of the key things is to get good sleep. A well-rested brain is, is a brain that functions well and handles stress well. When I was pastoring, uh, I had a couple of things I enjoyed doing and related to exercise. I did a good bit of cycling, road cycling, and I would just ride out through the country and uh, think and pray, and that was one of the most uh, stress-relieving practices and experiences that I had. So it was a combination of exercise, fresh air, time to just think and, and pray and release those burdens, and that was extremely helpful for me. And then also at that time and where we lived, I enjoyed uh, going out into the mountains and hiking and to the rivers and trout fishing and just being out in nature and doing something enjoyable, but also just having a time to just talk with God and have a conversation with God in those beautiful natural settings helped me a lot. And then, of course, prayer, just being able to to turn those burdens over to the Lord. And as you've said, recognize that uh, I don't bear this burden alone. Um, God is, is uh, sustaining me, and he doesn't expect me to bear more than I'm able and also having people in in the ministry that to share those responsibilities and those burdens, and so those are a few things that have helped me. So thank you for uh, for addressing that. Now, when you were at the University of Iowa, you actually studied psychiatry, and I know during that time you became a Christian, and so your perspective on our, our inner man and our our mind and soul changed to a, a biblical perspective, but there's still a lot to be gained and learned from an understanding of, of psychiatry and psychology. And so so having come through that background and then also now as a Christian, how much of a relationship is there between our, our physical health 
and our ability to think and relate to other people that maybe you would you would share with us that would be helpful? That is a million dollar question, maybe a multi-million dollar question. I'd say um, the reason I actually did uh, internal medicine psychiatry residency and I really liked the intermix between the mind and the body. We cannot separate the mind from the body. Uh, the, the body feels what the mind perceives and the mind perceives what the body feels. Uh, it's very important to know that. Uh, aside from a very few genetic psychiatric conditions, um, it, it, is, it, is, it is important to know that a lot of these diagnoses are brought on through years of stress and uh, grief or uh, other uh, times of uh, loss, possibly. So it's important to know that uh, the mind and the body are connected and uh, really seeking to stay healthy and using the healthy practices to keep the mind sharp and to, the mind to uh, effectively de-stress. Uh, folks who are stressed have a higher risk of anxiety, uh, which can be a problem. And anxiety can sometimes lead into depression or sadness. Uh, depression is called, you know, in psychiatry, uh, sadness or deep sadness, uh, points of uh, desperation and even uh, despair uh, to the point of, you know, th- thinking about suicide. It's, uh, it's very sad to see that happen. And I think it's one, one way to uh, avoid that is to talk uh, to, to your to your spouse, uh, to your uh, trusted friends, uh, to your pastoral friends, uh, and to God, really praying and seeking wisdom. Um, psychiatry has uh, shown some light on some other things, uh, but definitely we know that God's Word has everything we need uh, for life and godliness, uh, and even for the mental health uh, struggles we face. Um, so I, I'm a big proponent of uh, really uh, biblically addressing those uh, mental health issues. There are conditions that need to be dealt with medications. I'm not discounting that, but it's important to have a biblical approach to that. Interesting perspective. I really appreciate that. Uh, I was thinking of First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, that says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So God has a sanctifying work for us, and that includes the whole person. And uh, Paul said also in the one of the letters to the Corinthians, he said, uh, glorify God in your spirit and your body. So, so we, we should glorify God with our inner man as well as our bodies, and that isn't just for the people that we pastor and preach to. That's for us. That's for us as pastors. And so taking care of ourselves and being healthy in these areas is extremely important. So we should be as much as possible healthy in body and thriving in our souls. And uh, I have a little way of thinking about uh, pe- people in our community and people that we should be friends with that I've shared with my pastoral students and others. There are some professionals that, that you as a pastor should be friends with. Uh, one of them is the funeral director or funeral directors in your community because you're going to be, uh, be connecting with them and they can help you in uh, your work there. 
one of them is an attorney, and that might sound a little bit strange. Hopefully you won't need one to get you out of jail, but uh, there are legal matters involved with ministry and, and overseeing an organization, and so you should have somebody that you look to for advice that way. A financial advisor is a great person to have as a friend or just an influence in your life, someone that you look to for help. We all need a mechanic from time to time to help us with our vehicles. And I would say this, that that you should have a medical doctor as a friend if possible. Of course, we all need to have a doctor from time to time, but just somebody that you can can communicate with and get input from. And uh, and when when you're you know feeling things physically or even uh, very stressed in life, just to set that appointment up and get together and get checked out. We probably should all have a physical examination once a year, and uh, just make sure things are, are are the way they should be. So, so I am very thankful that I have a a medical doctor as a friend, and I do count Doctor Sim as a friend. And uh, thank you so much for spending this time with us today. I know my pastor friends appreciate it, and uh, I hope are encouraged by it. Now, don't don't feel overwhelmed. Don't get stressed by all these things that you've heard today. Um, as I've shared before, just maybe there are a few things that stand out to you. Maybe just one area that you think, you know what, I need to give that some attention. I need to focus on that area and, and, and work on that or, or develop that, and uh, then maybe others as well. But the, the idea of this is, is not to, to make you feel pressured or, or lay a guilt trip on you, but just to point out some areas where maybe some attention is needed, and as much as possible, as much as you are able to, uh, to develop and to grow and mature in this area of physical health. So my heart for you is that you would be a healthy pastor and that you would be physically healthy and thriving in your soul so that you can be effective and fulfill your potential in your calling for the glory of God. So thank you, Pastor Friend, for listening today. And here's what I'd like to do. I just want to take a minute and pray for you and pray that God will help you to um, learn and grow from these things that we've talked about today. So wherever you are, if you could just join me in your heart in prayer. Father, I thank you that you do have a plan and a purpose for us, not only for our souls, but our bodies as well. And I thank you for Dr. Sim and uh, what he has shared with us today and giving of his time and and his expertise and his care and concern for pastors. And I pray that what he has shared will encourage but also prompt and stimulate my pastor friends to take steps where needed. And uh, Lord, it's true. We we bear heavy burdens. There's a lot of pressure and and the stress points uh, many times are very intense. So I pray that my pastor friends would find rest in you, the God of peace, that they would entrust the burdens that they are not called on to bear alone to you, that they would find team members and and fellow members of the body of Christ to share some of those responsibilities with, and ultimately just to know that you are sovereign and that you are at work in people's lives and in circumstances beyond what any of us can do. And so encourage them, I pray, and help them also if changes are needed and habits of diet, exercise, sleep, to have the resolve and the discipline to make those changes, again, for your glory, and so that they can function and serve to the best of their ability for as long as possible. And I thank you for my pastor friends. Encourage them today, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thank you so much for joining us here on Shepherdology. I would love to connect with you. Uh, you can check out my website, deanhtaylor.com, or connect on Twitter at deanhtaylor63. I'm on LinkedIn, or you can email shepherdologypodcast at gmail.com. And thanks so much for listening, and I look forward to connecting with you again, and we will talk Shepherdology.